You're listening to Meet the RIA. In this special podcast edition of the show, you'll get expert insights from some of the top registered investment advisors in the country. Here's your host, Jenna Dagenhart, and today's special guest, Jamie Hopkins, Managing Director and Director of Retirement Research at the Carson Group. This podcast was recorded in May 2020. Jamie, why don't we start off by having you tell us a little bit more about Carson Wealth, who you are, and, and what you do. Yeah, thanks so much for having us on. Uh, so Carson Wealth, uh, you know, our founder, Ron Carson, uh, CEO and founder of the firm, started that, uh, you know, 30 plus years ago. And it's a lot different than it was then. Uh, he actually started in his dorm room uh, at University of Nebraska, picked up a phone book and started making calls. And now we actually have, you know, in our Carson Partner Network, uh, over 120 offices around the country, over 12 billion in assets, at least when we record this, right, things fluctuate. But, uh, you know, it's a much different firm. And it's grown a lot. And we've really become what I'd say is a planning centric firm. It's one of the reasons that I came in as, uh, you know, to help run some of our retirement pieces inside of Carson Wealth. And I'm sure it's a very different firm than it was three months ago, but we'll get to that in just a second. First, what's your approach to planning? Tell us a little bit more about that and what you focus on specifically. Yeah, so I said, you know, things changed a lot. I mean, just when you look out there in the market, even more recently, right, you see all of this volatility. And that's, you know, very scary for clients. It's very concerning. We've got obviously the coronavirus that's hitting the country and the world as a pandemic and just causing a tremendous amount of stress. And so, you know, I think this has been something I focused on for a long time. And it's one of the reasons I joined the firm was to really bring some of the behavioral finance research into our planning. So really, we start with the clients, right? You have to be client-centric in this type of profession to build good plans. So you start with them, their concerns, their fears, their goals, and you build the plan off of that. So we are really a goal-based planning firm. Um, you know, while a lot of our, you know, uh, you know, compensation model is AUM, we do fee only, we do flat fee. So we actually do kind of whatever the client needs, we have no minimums. Um, that's a really important thing. So when we talk about our clients, we actually serve 33,000 uh, households, which is a lot for a firm our size. And again, that gets back to, we don't have minimums. So we'll serve anyone that needs financial planning help. And I think that's really important because everyone needs it. And you see that today. So it's staying client focused. It's staying looking out into the future. Our CEO often talks about wanting to build a hundred year old firm. I think the first time I heard him say that was last year. So I joke a little bit and I say, I'm building a 99 year firm now a year later. But the idea is, you know, where you want to be here for the life of our clients, for the life of their kids, their grandkids, um, that multi-generational planning is really important. So it, one of the things I specifically focus on, I know you asked, that is retirement income and behavioral finance. So I often, when I'm involved in conversations with uh, our clients, it's about income planning, how to turn all that savings into sustainable retirement income. And you know, while people have talked about that for a long time, it was my opinion that not very many firms were dedicated to it and actually doing it. It was more of a talking point. And firms really didn't have processes for that. And so over the last two years, we've built really solid processes that I think are best in class on the income side to really help clients not just go through that accumulation, but through retirement into the estate planning, you know, the legacy aspect and actually take care of the next generation too. And I think that's really important. It's, it's, I think younger advisors uh, really get that coming in as they see the wealth in the baby boomer generation and understanding, right? Eventually there's going to be, right? The baby boomers are going to be retired. They're going to be 
you know, taking income down? And how do we prep the next generation and take care of them at the same time? And you mentioned behavioral finance, which, of course, is exacerbated during times of volatility, such as right now with the coronavirus. How are you approaching the pandemic? Yeah, so I'd say we were fairly well situated for the pandemic as a firm. So I have a team here that does a lot of the the training and coaching of advisors that report up to me too. And there's 11 on my team that do, you know, coaching and training. And we were all distance already. So my entire team was distance on that side. Most of our offices about two or three years ago, we really created the ability to do all of the client meetings distance. Now, not all clients chose that, but the ability was there. So we really didn't miss any type of beat or step from a going distance at this point, holding the remote landscape isn't new to you. Yeah, it wasn't new to us. I mean, uh, Ron has been talking uh, for years that he does a lot of his client reviews on his iPad. He can do that. You've seen him literally do that on mountains where he's been up on a mountain doing client reviews. And we built a client experience portal that allowed for that. So you could pull that up, you can run the report and be ready for a client review really quickly. And if you're still, you know, relying on paper and pen and it's in an office and somebody's got to put it in a physical file, it made that really challenging. So I think being a forward looking firm from a technology standpoint really helped. Um, I mean, there's obviously still challenges. I mean, clients, I'd say most clients out there felt pretty comfortable with this move. Part of it was nobody really had a choice, right? So it wasn't like this thing that you could say, well, which one do I want to do? Well, many offices were just shut down. Some states shut down by law. And we're still working through that process of, you know, when are we going to reopen? When are we going to bring certain teams back into offices? And to be honest, we probably have some teams now that won't go back to the way it was before. They've seen being really efficient as a distance team. Um, so it's going to bring changes even to a firm like us that was, you know, fairly well prepared for something like this from a technology standpoint. We even often say we're a technology firm that happens to be in financial services. We really do believe that that technology is a core piece of the experience, especially for the client. So, you know, that has to be really solid. You have to have really clean data. I think that's a challenge for a lot of firms, um, you know, that they don't have great data. They don't have great data, you know, retention and protection policies. We actually work with a defense contractor to build a lot of our uh, data retention policies, our APIs. So it basically the safest possible thing, right, that the highest levels of government use, we use on our side too. And all of those things coming together in a time like this. Uh, and I know you asked, you know, where are our clients right now? And this is that time, right? I think the last four or five years, I keep telling people we were in the awareness phase of behavioral finance. Like we just figured out that it existed. Um, now there's been research on behavioral finance for a couple decades, but really advisors were not looking at this, not utilizing it. And we entered awareness phase. Right now, I think we're probably in the next year or two from moving from awareness that, hey, this is important, it actually exists, to how do we actually incorporate it into planning? Like knowing that behavioral finance is a thing and having processes where you can actually help clients with that is very different. But goal-based planning is actually a very simple one. That actually works very well to align people's behavior with their outcomes. So starting with that is a helpful thing, but even just the way that you display uh, information, the words that you use are important. And I think that there's a lot to be done in this space on that. But Having an advisor over this kind of, you know, really challenging time period, not just for our clients, but the country and the world, you know, it, it's a not just a market event, like it's a worldwide pandemic. And that's very different. And people are very worried. So a lot of our calls now 
I'd say maybe 80% of what the firm is doing is listening to, you know, the clients and families out there, right? Like, that's the first thing you have to do. You have to acknowledge that there are emotions. You got to let people talk through it. And sometimes they just want to call and talk, right? They're, they're talking about their business and there's concerns and you're trying to help them with all the new, you know, government relief efforts. But sometimes they just need to talk right now. And that's that behavioral part. And I think all firms are going to out there in the landscape are just getting a better understanding of how important that is. And what are the things you're going to put in place, hopefully grow as a firm, uh, through something like this, right? Growth through crisis. It looks very scary going into this, but when we come out of it, it's going to look like it was a great opportunity to really improve. Yeah. I mean, a lot of volatility in the markets and a lot of chaos and panic, but first and foremost, as you mentioned, this is a a health crisis. I wonder how is the current market environment and this new normal that we're living in um, globally, how is that impacting other advisors? Yeah, the market, I think, is a a tough one to answer, right? If you go back a month and a half ago, right, that short amount of time, you would get a completely different answer on how is the market doing today, right, than you do today. We're seeing these wild swings. Um, You know, I think even this morning I saw one of the international markets swinging over 5% before it opened today. And, you know, those uh, we've had extreme volatility, extreme volatility. That part is true. Um, You know, we can't predict where it's going to go. Uh, We talk about that a lot. We don't know if the market's going to go up. We don't know if it's going to go down. So we've got to focus on the plan. And that also means sometimes not being in a risk position that puts your long-term plan in crisis. It also means, right, not overreacting. Um, You know, I I actually think clients have done pretty well through this time period of not overreacting. Obviously, we did see some big draws on the market for a little bit, but, you know, I'd say from our data with our clients, you had a lot of people that are still in the wait and see. There's so much uncertainty out there. It's not real clear if you're worried what you're supposed to do. Right. So it's, you know, trying to bring that back to realistic uh, expectations. And one of the things I say is, you know, we make short term decisions. We actually don't make long term decisions. It's a really interesting thing. A lot of people are like, oh, we got to keep you focused on long term decisions. I don't make a long term decision. I'm always making a decision today but it has long-term impacts. And where we get in trouble is where all of a sudden we let our short-term decisions lose sight of our long-term goals. So as much as you can bring people back to that piece of things with the market, right? Long run, market does well. Short-term, we never know where the market's going on a day-to-day basis, a month-to-month basis. So whenever we're in the market, there's risk associated with it and you have to be looking out long-term. And that's the same today. But when you have these health crises and people are losing jobs, right? We have record unemployment in just a tremendously fast period of time. And that's scary again. People get worried. And so they're wondering, well, how am I going to get by? Where is my money? Will I need this money soon if we don't reopen up the economy and get back to work and I don't have a job? So it's going through all of those things with, uh, you know, clients and people are in all types of different places. You know, we have clients in all 50 states and some states are very different than our clients in New York City, right? And it's something that uh, you obviously, you know, at, at the, you know, at the firm know well about too. I have a lot of people there, offices there. It's a very different atmosphere than where our headquarters is in Omaha, Nebraska. And so clients have different concerns in those different areas too. Even within states, you know, upstate New York versus New York City or or Northern Virginia versus the rest of Virginia. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, and that's t- typically been true to some degree, right? You get different clients in different areas, but I think right now that's exacerbated, right? Where, as you said, New York City clients, very, very different thing than, you know, upstate White Plains, uh, you know, Buffalo. I'm from Baltimore. It's a very different feeling there than Frederick, Maryland, which is, you know, 60 minutes away. Um, you know, that's a completely different feel right now. And so when you're talking to clients, understanding where they're coming from, not making judgments, not making people feel, you know, any type of shame, I think is really important right now. And we've seen a little bit out there, you know, of people saying, hey, you shouldn't take this benefit or this tax benefit. And businesses need to do what they need to do to get by today. And I don't think that the that value positioning or shaming certain businesses or clients is a good thing. Um, so I think, you know, being helpful to your clients clients, um, keeping them in front, but not making judgments about their decisions, but helping them get to where they need to be today is really important. Well, thank you so much for your time, Jamie. Really great to have you. Yeah, really happy to be on here and uh, love talking about our firm just, you know, as being a client focused firm right now, it feels really you know, meaningful because we're helping people. Um, You know, it's probably better to be in this space right now than any other time I've ever been in this industry because so many people really do need help, you know, going back to, you know, the financial crisis. But this one's different. I I honestly think there's a different level of worry because there is so much about health and family right now um, than even just markets and the economy. Thank you for tuning in to Meet the RIA. Be sure to visit AssetTV.com, your source for financial news and information. And check out our other episodes of Meet the RIA. This is Asset TV. 